podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and this is going to be, I think, and again, you know, I, I just counted this out, but I think this is the fifth time there's been some version of this episode. So I think it is the most recurring theme show we have had on Bosco's Boys. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that very first one here in a second, but before we do, I know this is a crazy weekend and hopefully a crazy first couple days of the week when it comes to K-State football and basketball recruiting. So remember, Wednesday we will be going live on ColorCast. Again, I'm choosing to go live with you guys instead of going to the Sporting KC US Open Cup. Actually, that might be the following week. I don't know. But we're going live Wednesday, 7 p.m. in God's time zone here in the Central Time Zone on ColorCast. I've been saying it for a while. I've been bugging ColorCast to get the Android app up and working. So I'm hoping before the before July, I'm hoping before that first show in July, we will have all of our friends from Android joining us. But hey, remember, come early, be there right at seven, because we've had a full stage, I think the last like seven shows. So it's a lot of fun. But if you can't do that, listen live, join the chat. It's a fun time over on ColorCast. Okay. You guys saw it in the title of the show. You saw me ask for a handful of questions, which a lot of them came in, and I'm not going to get to all of them, but it is Dad Pod. This is the fifth time we've had our dads on. Again, this has taken on very a, a lot of different versions. The very first time, it was Grant, myself, Malcolm, and my dad in Bosco, or not in Bosco, suppose, in Happy Bassett Brewery, and then they kicked us out like right at the end of it uh, for an event, but we are recording this uh Dad Pod 5 in the basement of, you know, the McFarland estate in Topeka. Dad, um, intro you, Kevin McFarland, the best in the biz. Uh, did you, if you knew that, what, probably, I would say at this point, close to maybe 50 shows had been recorded in this house. One of the top venues for all time episodes being recorded. When you were designing the home, would you have just built in a podcast studio if you knew this was going to happen? Uh, absolutely. And uh, thank you, Scott. And uh, hello to all the boneheads out there and happy Father's Day weekend to everybody. Uh, yes, I, I think if we would have known that the podcast would have taken off the way it did and the sheer number of episodes that we've had here, a studio would have been in, in line. Yeah, it, it would have been nice. If, you know, you could have just put it off set of the room Alan usually stays at. Uh, that would have been nice. You know, I've always thought to myself, if I ever build like a house, like one thing I would like to do is like have its own little like movie theater, like a room with like tiered up steps, no lights or anything in a projection. But if this thing's still going, I'm going to have to build myself a studio. Um, before we get into the questions, I do want to give a special happy Father's Day to Malcolm, uh, the father of Grant, and then Grant himself. Grant's a dad. I think this is his second Father's Day as a dad. Uh, again, uh, the show 
wouldn't have gotten to this point without those two. Again, you and Malcolm were great on that very first one where we had, I think, little lapel mics that we pinned to, uh, to different things inside Happy Bassett to try to record it. So I want to give a special happy Father's Day shout out to them and all the dads in Bonehead Nation. But let's just get into it because, again, more questions came in than I anticipated. And there's stuff I want to talk to you about about this latest year in sports because we've always, at least since that first year, we've really used this as kind of like our own little recap on the sports season. Let's start with K-State football. Uh, First off, uh, especially after Skyler got hurt, I was down in the dumps. The season ends up being pretty good. One of your mottos, unless you're very bullish on a team, is, hey, I want to make it to a bowl and I'd like to win that bowl game. I imagine, you know, how the season ended once Skyler came back, that made that season, you know, maybe not an A-plus, but a pretty good grade for you. Certainly in the A range, if not A-minus. But uh, you're right. Uh, I mean, I was looking for something in the seven to eight wins uh, making it to a bowl game, and the fact that we, you know, played an SEC opponent in a bowl game and just kicked their butt, oh it was... Uh, uh, All right, so something that has never happened in, in the show, I, I paused it, and I think everyone knows we usually don't pause the show, but uh, Chauncey, the Wonder Pup, who has kind of almost taken over as, like, the second co-host, he dropped a deuce right down here in the basement, but the funny thing is we didn't even notice it. He somehow stealthily came down, dropped a log, and then left. So um, good for him for being a stealth ninja like that. But let's get back to, I guess. Well, I, I just have to give Chauncey a little bit of credit. At least it was in a form that was easily uh, retrieved, yeah. and there isn't a big mess. So uh, we don't even have to, you know, mention this to your mom. Yeah, no, we, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if she actually listens to this episode. Um, but yeah, shout out to Chauncey. Um, <laughs> Yeah, good job, Chance. You're a good boy. That's the first incident he's had in like six months, probably longer than that. So mm-hmm. he does not respect the, uh, you know, downstairs studio very much. Um, but we were talking about the football season. And again, what's also fun about that game was it was a standalone game. Um, and I, I went back and looked at bowl ratings, and I think it did better than every single non-New Year's Six bowl game. So it had millions of viewers. So it was a very fun way to end what was a little bit of a roller coaster of a season. Yeah, it was a roller coaster of a season. I think, you know, see, Skyler was injured twice? Yeah, so so he he got hurt in that uh, game versus, who, who was the FCS opponent last year? Was it SIU? Was it the Salukis? That that's, might have been the yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he got hurt in that FCS game, and then we had to have that big comeback. Then you know we we ran like crazy on Nevada. Then we kind of got spanked by Oklahoma State, and then I think we came home and Skyler played super well versus Oklahoma. We lost that game. We won a handful, and then we start thinking to ourselves, all right, can we backdoor our way into Arlington? Right. Lose to Iowa State. Uh, I think we lose to Baylor. We lose to Texas. Uh, but you pick up big win versus KU. The TCU game, which I, I want to touch on that TCU game. You get that big win versus TCU. You get over the hump and beat West Virginia. So, you know, it, it was an up and down year, but it ended super great. Yeah. Um, I want to revisit, actually, that TCU game, though, unless you have more thoughts about the season as a whole. Well, only that the uh, the bowl game was so entertaining because uh, – 
see, we had Colin Klein was the uh, OC for that particular game. It, it felt like that he he really kind of picked up the pace of our offense during that game, and we really performed well offensively. And that game was really never in doubt. I mean, we kind of dominated that game. Yeah, and, and a lot of people like to claim, oh, you know, look at all the people LSU had out. Well, we had some injuries too, and their defense had a lot of their starters. So I, I think you can really give a lot of credit to the offense in that game. And, yeah, we shut them down. And I do think it's funny LSU pulls out a trick play on the final play of the game <laughs> to get a touchdown. I don't really care about that, yeah. but that's funny. Um, I, I want to talk about that TCU game, though, and it, it I'm not going to say bothers me. I, I'm super sad that one of the most memorable games, maybe of the climbing era, I was stuck going to a wedding at, but you got to go with one of your old college buddies. Yeah. Um, walk me through that game. How entertaining was it? And then, uh, you know, how in awe were you? Because I think it was the performance of the season of Felix and DK Uzama and the performance he did. Just walk me through mem- just remembering back to that dominating TCU win. Well, first off, uh, being able to hook up with my uh, one of my very best friends and my old college roommate, Darren Nelson. Let's say link up instead of hook up. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good uh, point there. But uh, a shout out to Darren, yeah, regardless. Yeah. And uh, we went to the uh, I think it was the Power Cat Grill. Yep. Uh, beforehand, found that to be a great pregame spot. You know, to catch a little lunch and a couple beers. Uh, Darren needs to always have a few beers in in tank by the time we go in. So uh, we had a great time uh, going into that game. But but yeah, I think uh, I think uh, looking looking back on that game, it was a great game uh, for Darren to come to because uh, he only usually goes to one game a year, if that. And uh, uh, being part of a, a a game where where the cats really dominated defensively. I mean, uh, Felix, yeah. Felix, yeah, King Felix. That's what I was trying to come up with. Uh, sometimes when you're in game, you don't realize how many statistically, in this case, how many sacks that King Felix actually had. Uh, it seemed like he had. In some ways, you know, like a dozen. You know, he was just like in on every single play. Uh, but but the bottom line was it was great weather. We had a great, great game to watch. Darren had a really good time. I had a great time. Uh, it wasn't till later we realized what a, uh, what a landmark game it was for King Felix. Yeah, I think they announced it. And then sure enough, in the most NCAA way possible, they then come in and take the record back and say yeah. he only has four sacks. But Yeah, I think at the end of the game, they actually announced yeah. you know, six sacks NCAA record. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and it was just like, wow, we really, we really saw history here. And that's just kind of screwed up the way they, you know, they, they ruled that. Well, no, it's wild. That, that wasn't the first time. So going back, actually, I did the Texas Tech game. And again, another game where he turned it around, that safety that he caused. Um, and then we end up winning that game which really turned around the season. I think that might have been the one after that. I, I can't remember. Everything kind of runs together at this point. But then Nate Matlack got sacks taken away mm-hmm. uh, where he was going to have a multi-sack game, maybe like two or three, and he got those taken away as well. So uh, I'm, I'm not really, you know, the NCAA is collapsing. I don't think that's necessarily good for the future of K-State sports. 
But, uh, you know, at least whoever the official stat keeper, you know, they can pack sand. I have no time for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. In uh, less fun news, uh, the basketball season, it did not go the way we wanted. I, I know uh, at points going into the season, I think you were similar to me. You were much more optimistic than most K-State fans. Um, also, like me, I think you were holding on, trying to hold on to Bruce Weber longer than most K-State fans. Um, just reflecting on that season, or maybe it would be more fun to reflect on the Bruce Weber era as a whole. Just what what are you going to remember about the Bruce Weber era and maybe how he, he went out? Well, I think that I can remember and think back on the Bruce era more fondly than maybe some in terms of the whole body of work. The last three years, uh, you know, after after the Big 12 championship, uh, those were disappointing years, fell way short of what expectations were and what I thought we could be. Um, but when you look in terms of two Big 12 championships, how many K-State coaches can say that? Uh, how, and having an Elite Eight, how many can say that uh, in the period of time, you know, that he, he was coach? Uh, so, yes, I, I have fond uh, memories of the time that Bruce was, was there. And, uh, but, boy, uh, the last couple years have been, were really, really tough. And I was not a fan of how uh, Bruce left the house in terms of what he said publicly. Now, Bruce, you know, he would, he would tell it like it is from his perspective, and he would really not pull too many punches. And sometimes it could come off whiny and, and not really reflect well on the program or him. So I, I was not a fan of how he went out the, the front door. Yeah, ultimately, I think if his final kind of press conference was the one after the Big 12 championship game, uh, not championship game, tournament game, tournament. I think everything would have been fine. That, that final press conference, um, not great, but, you know... It's time to move on. Um, first, let's, let's talk about. And I'm interested in your take in this because you, you've you've been a K State fan for you know your entire life. You've been following college sports forever. The whole NIL thing, and I, I think it's funny because if you look at some very like pinnacle points of college sports history, more so with football than basketball, at least in recent history, but there are these pinnacle moments that K-State is at the forefront. You think of, you know, the BCS rules. You've had a few other rules that kind of connect back to stuff that involved K-State. While it's not a rule, Nigel Pack going to Miami for $800,000, $400,000 for each of the next two years was this first very public, very out there, uh, very, you know, unhidden pay-to-play recruitment of a player. And it involves our guy going to Miami. What were your thoughts when you saw that? I mean, I, I think we all were a little bit blindsided when he decided to leave after he did all this press, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's so far beyond. But still, even when you look at some of this other stuff going on with college basketball, co- with college football, Nigel Pax was still one of the most public and one of the highest dollar figures in this new wild, wild west NIL eras. What's your take on all of that? Well, I think NIL in concept is okay. I'm not a big fan of it, but 
I get the idea that uh, if, if an institution or a business can make money on a college player, why shouldn't they profit for the use of their name, image, or likeness? So I, I kind of get that, but that's not, to me, what happened with Nigel Pack going to Miami. It was a, we're going to pay you, it was like a guaranteed dollar amount for you to leave where you are under scholarship and to come over here to pay, to play, to play, to pay. Yeah. To and pay, I, to play. Ironically uh, enough, but, Life Wallet, that guy, they did an IPO. Their stock tanked like 300% the first day. And now he's being investigated by the NCAA. But see, that's not, to me, that's not NIL. No, really. it's not. I mean, that is, that is a company associated with the fan base of a of an institution to say we're going to we're going to attract players and and it's not like he came and did work for them and he got paid for that it was just like here's here's $800,000 that we're offering you to come play at Miami that's different than my concept of what NIL should be still not a big fan of NIL but you know, the horse is out of the barn now. I mean, I don't know how they reel these kind of situations back in. Yeah, I, I don't think they will. And I, I do think it kind of, and maybe this will be dad pod six, um, all sorts of talk about what the future of the NCAA looks like. And it, I, I feel like they have bungled it every single step of the way. And it's a little, little frustrating, but we'll move on beyond that. Let's talk about the future of K-State basketball Jerome Tang is in the house. We are up to nine official guys. There's a 10th that still, as of recording, hasn't come out, but it's going to be a big. You now have two guys at every single position, so you can go five-on-five full-court scrimmage. Still have 13 scholarships open. Uh, I think they'll probably fill about 12 more. I think an elite coaching staff with still one assistant coach position still to be filled. Um, What was your initial reaction when Jerome Tang got hired? What was your reaction when there was the exodus and him starting to build the squad? And kind of what is your expectation and feel for him right now as we sit here in the middle of June? Well, I, I'm pretty excited. Uh, and uh, I, was, I was pretty excited uh, when it was announced that Tang was hired uh, as Bruce's replacement. And um, I, I like the idea of his – I like his pedigree at Baylor and – uh, it sounds like he's a man of, of great conviction, uh, enthusiasm, excitement. He seems very uh, genuinely happy to be a K-Stater now, which those were all really good things. The, the press conference, his opening press conference, I thought he hit it out of the park. I, I, I just thought he checked that box, you know, right away. Um, you and I talked about this when it happened, but it wasn't long after that when we we lost uh, Nigel. And I was very disappointed in that because I felt like that was his very first job was to uh, recruit and retain the current team that that we wanted back. And we didn't want everybody back, but he was number one. And when he left so quickly... Uh, I felt like he failed. I mean, that was my initial reaction. Now, you and I had conversations about that. You knew more about exactly, uh, or at least allegedly, what, how that occurred and, and what, how that went down. 
I'm not even sure he really got the chance to even speak to Nigel and his uh, family, right? Did he? Yeah, so, so if all the rumors are to be believed, Nigel and his family had set up a time and said, hey, look, this is when we want to talk to you because Jerome Tang and the staff went to New York City. They talked to Marquise Noel's family. They talked to Ishmael Massoud's family. Uh, and then shortly after, those guys cemented and stayed. Nigel Pack allegedly said, hey, coach, you can go up to New York City. You can do some recruiting stuff. This is the weekend we would like to talk to you. Um, allegedly, Jerome Tang – well, I, it's not allegedly. Jerome Tang was in Chicago. Then all of a sudden, the news and the smoke started coming out. Oh, Nigel Pack is in the portal. He's in the portal, and it got announced 18 hours before Jerome Tang was supposed to be in Indianapolis to talk to Nigel and his family about what he envisioned for Nigel Pack. Um, I, I, I think – Nigel handled it poorly, but hey, at the end of the day, uh, especially nowadays, it's a business. Yep. I, I can say this with 100% fact. I think Nigel Pack was being taken care of quite well in Manhattan. Um, I think Deuce Vaughn, I think you see it with the football guys. I think they're being, ta- you'll see it with basketball as well. They're being taken care of nicely. He wasn't going to get $800,000. So if he was saying, hey, this is a business decision, that's fine. He was going to leave. But mm-hmm. I do think it is interesting that they set it all up, waited for him to get out of Manhattan, got his name in the portal, and then dipped before he could even get back. Yeah, I think that says a lot more about the player than it does Jerome yeah. Tang. Now that enough time has gone by, I, I'm kind of, of of the same belief uh, that you are, I believe, and that is that I think he was going to leave. I, I think even if they had the conversation, I would I would hope that maybe Tang could have won that conversation and maybe maybe uh, inspired uh, Nigel to come back, you know, that because I, I do think if we had Nigel on on the team right now with all the pieces oh, that have come team. in, yeah, it, it would It'd be it, a spicy team. Yeah, very spicy. I, I will say this, and I think there might be a question that we get to from one of the boneheads. Um, I, I do think that they're set up, especially with the length and athleticism that – Nigel, for all he is, he is not long and he's not athletic. I think we're going to be one of the better defensive teams by the end of the season that we've seen at K-State in a very long time. I, I think that's exactly what we have to be. Uh, and and with all the athleticism and size that we, we have coming in here, which is, is good because we can build from that. Uh, I, uh, it'll be, it'd be interesting to see if we, uh, if we see any zone you know, because, you know, Baylor was known for as, as a zone team at different times during that, that Tang uh, era. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if that is something that we would pull out with regularity. Yeah, and, and I, I had this conversation with someone. I was thinking it was going to be more of that. But the way Marquise Noel plays ball, it, he wants to be pressuring the ball. So if you do see it, I think it will be more of like a 1-3-1 one, one type zone Versus that traditional kind of two three or two one two that you saw at different points in the Baylor mm-hmm. uh, zone time, but I think we'll still. I, I I'm kind of coming off of that prediction. I think it's still going to be more man than anything, but mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know the the players that he's brought in, that he has actually recruited and brought in. The one thing I do believe is these fit the mold of the type of players that he wants. And that's that's fine with me. That's fine. I have tempered my expectations, though, for next year. Um, could we find ourselves in the NIT? I think that's more of the ceiling. I think, you know, 
Could we make it to the NCAA? I mean, it's possible, but uh, that's not my expectation. Yeah, unless we see something, again, we, we have three spots left to fill. Unless we see something, um, there, there's some rumors going around about, you know, a future NBA player by the last name Bates uh, from Memphis. There's some rumors trying to fly around about that. I'm not to the point where I'm going to give that much credence. I think he still ends up at Michigan or Louisville. I know there's some smoke. I, I'll say this because it's very easy to find. Jerome Tang recently followed him on Instagram. So that's the only real crown jewel left out there in the transfer portal. They pull that off. All of a sudden, all right, I'm going to do like an emergency podcast. I'm going to call you on Zoom and we, we can change the prediction. But yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I, I, right now, if everything comes together, I think we're looking at a bubble type season. A season where last year we thought, okay, you know, if you go 10 and 3 in the non-conference, beat Nebraska, beat Wichita mm-hmm. State, win all of your like contract home games and win a game in the Caymans, um, split the Big East SEC challenge, go 6 and 12, 7 11 in conference play, win a game in Kansas City. That's the path to get to the tournament if you're going to get there. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, that that's not being overly uh, ambitious or uh, with your expectations at all. Yeah. Um, before we kind of move on, because I think as long as we've done dad pod, where it's just you and me, I don't think we touched on it. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we didn't touch on that very first one. I think that was before he even played. I do want to bring up uh, – Someone And I want to talk about the women's basketball team just a little bit because down the stretch, you found yourself watching the women's team. And I just want to talk about Aoka Lee, uh, truly one of the most dominant Wildcats at K-State. How much fun did you have watching them down the stretch in that NCAA tournament? And, you know, are you going to find yourself watching them a little bit if they're making noise in the Big 12 this upcoming season? Because she's going to be a preseason first-team All-American. Yeah, I I was glad she came back, number one. But, uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, whenever I saw that they were on. I I did catch uh, maybe, maybe not start to finish, but several games and enjoyed watching her play. Uh, But... (laughs) It was always it was always so painful for me to watch her run up and down the court. I mean, I is is her is it possible that she will have a, a stronger knee uh, next year? I'm not real sure what I, her uh, what her knee issues were. I think she had an ACL, uh, and she lost a year because of it. So I think it's maybe just a very overly cautious okay. uh, knee brace. Mm-hmm. And again, she's able, you know, it's not super fast, but they're able to get her back on defense. And yeah. that's the thing about her game, which is this is the thing I love most about Aoka Lee because you don't see it very much in the women's game. You don't see it at all in the mid men's game anymore. She is like a true post-up player with post moves. It's like you don't see that in basketball at any level anymore. That's kind of why I enjoy watching her play. Yeah, she plays well back to back to the basket. Yes. Sounds like uh, Chauncey might have made it into the nap room. Yes, uh, I don't think Mom is very happy with us not keeping Chauncey down here as he was whining outside of the door while she tried to take a nap. But that'll be an issue for another time. <laughs> um, something we've talked about, and again, since we we did these shows, just you and me. Uh, because it coincided the first time it's just us. It was, I believe, uh, Patrick Mahomes getting to the AFC Championship game. The second time it was just us. It was coming off the Super Bowl. 
Last year, it was losing the Super Bowl. This time, it was losing the AFC Championship game. So I just kind of want to get a check-in with you because we've talked legacy for him. That's like been the one of the things we talked about every single time. And it's fun to talk about that with you because, again, you're also a lifelong Chiefs fan. Um, with everything that happened this offseason, how it ended versus Cincinnati, what's just kind of your you know temperature check and what you expect out of uh, the Patrick Mahomes era? At this point, where he's like, what, in his mid-20s? You know, 26. 26. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's super young anymore. Quarterbacks are going to be playing until their late 40s at this point if they want to. Yeah. Um, do, you've, do you look at that season as one that got away? Because I, I kind of look at uh, that one as, you know, as Seren Petro likes to talk about how, you know, oh, that, that was the Chiefs there to take. I think the two times he didn't get to the Super Bowl, we would have dog walked mm-hmm. uh, whoever was from the NFC. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I really I really hated the second half of the AFC Championship against the Bengals because we had, you know, such a dominating first half and let points get away at the end of the first half. And then in the second half, I am not entirely sure what happened. Uh, I, I, think, um, I think maybe we didn't try to let's, let's just win this thing as opposed to uh, maybe they felt like, okay, we, we didn't score points at the end of the first half. Let's get out there and let's, let's get those points back right away, you know, and didn't have success doing it. And, uh, you know, my goodness, you know, bring Joe Burrow down if you get your hands on him. you got to figure out a way to wrestle him down. That was a super disappointing uh, AFC championship game because it just really felt like we should have been in the Super Bowl last year even with all that happened, because there were periods of time during the year when supposedly the book was out. You know, we know how to defend the Chiefs now. It's the the uh, two-shell coverage and, you know, keep everything in front of you. Uh, It seemed like Patrick had a hard time adjusting to that. Um, But um, it seemed like towards the end of the year, got into the playoffs, we were – we were running on all cylinders again. So Yeah, especially that 13 seconds versus Buffalo. Again, it's Oof. a shame that that did, wasn't on the path to winning a Super Bowl. But yeah. still in, in the course of even Midwest sports, you know, just saying 13 seconds from now and probably until like 2050, everyone's going to think about that drive. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think as far as what uh, uh, legacy for Patrick Mahomes is – um, you know, what the expectations are, still all of that is out there. And my basic expectations are uh, I, I would like to see Patrick Mahomes in at least three, maybe four more Super Bowls during that era, and I'm looking for two more wins. Yep. Again, I think I've always said I want to when the Patrick Mahomes era is over, I want the Chiefs to have more Super Bowl wins than anyone else in the AFC West which because the Chargers are never going to win a Super Bowl, that just means getting in front of Denver and Oakland. Right. Oh, Las Vegas. Huh. Oh, Vegas. Well, yeah. uh, I'll say this. I, I don't want to talk about uh, Tyreek Hill uh, in his podcast, but I will say this. I think Tua is trash, and I think that there's at least a 5% chance Skylar Thompson is starting for Miami by the end of the season. Boy, that yeah. would be a great take if that comes true yeah uh well here's the thing uh miami reporters were saying he was the best quarterback they had during otas so i mean i'm just saying well i'll I'll also say this with the uh uh, wide receiver room that we have right now 
granted, Tyreek Hill was was a tremendous weapon, but I think you know the second and third, the first, second, and third receivers now is probably better than our first, second, and third receivers that we had prior to that. Though I was a huge Pringle fan. Yeah, I was just about to say. I wish we still had Pringle. I do too. Uh, but we'll we'll get into some of the uh, questions. Yes. Uh, from the Boneheads, we're going to start with Zach. Lou Allen, at least I think that's what it is. Again, everyone knows how bad my pronunciations are. Uh, first one, what's the favorite meal that someone else cooks for you? Again, that's probably going to be mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else who's cooking for you, but what's your the favorite meal that she cooks? Well, I'm going to go back to the very first meal that she ever cooked for me, and that was lasagna. Great lasagna. Outstanding lasagna. And that recipe has actually evolved over the past 32 years. Yeah, and, you know, it's great uh, as leftovers. Oh, it's perfect as a leftover. Um, I'm going to skip number two, and we might end with that one. Uh, remind me, if you can, to come back to Zach or Zach Llewellyn's uh, number two question. Um, if you're going prediction for K-State football and men's basketball, we kind of touched on men's basketball. Mm-hmm. I think we're both saying, hopefully, bubble, predicting probably NIT. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what is your prediction for K-State football? Way too early. Well, and I'm... You might get your own Blitz Week show this year if the folks want well, it, so... Well, and, and I'll, t- I'll tell you this. I mean, if you would go back and, and look at what my prediction has been over the last four years, it's probably been either seven or eight. I'm going out on a limb. I'm going to say nine regular season wins. That that would be fun. You'd be in contention for uh, for Arlington all the way if you're... Which At nine wins? Which uh, that would mean, without question, we're going to win all three uh, non-con. How bad do you want to beat Missouri? Uh, I probably want to beat Missouri as bad as almost anybody else in conference, except for KU. I mean, we I got. I mean, for me, but yeah. well, but uh, well, I mean, can you imagine? I I, I oh. just don't want to even think about any of either of those. Yeah, but, I I, I want to like put up fifty on Drinkwitz. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Next one uh, from Mike Smith. Shout out to Mike. Uh, this was asked of mom uh, during mom pod. Uh, I th- think the question is most embarrassing memory of me. I think it's when I yanked my penis out in church when I was like two well, or three. It, it, it wasn't. And that was so monumentally embarrassing, uh, you know, in the house of God. Uh, but to be, you know, to be an apologist for you, I mean, at that point in in your in your life and in your upbringing, I mean, I mean, you went to the first thing that you would always go to. I mean, <laughs> so uh, I mean, even though you were in church, you didn't know any better. I did uh, not. But uh, you were. Luckily, I do now. You worked. <laughs> you, I might end up on the news if I. <laughs> you, you you were turned around in the pew, facing backwards, standing on the pew, presenting it to the congregation. Right, like you were bringing. Well, never mind. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll move. We'll move on. Uh, Callie Mike asks, "Do you remember your first football game that you attended, and do you have any memories from that?" That's a great question. Um, I I would have been in the sixth grade. Uh, Brother Steve would have been a freshman at K-State, um, and that's about all I remember. I, I, I know that we sucked, I think, during that time, but um, no, I, I can't even remember who it was against. What's, do you have like a first core memory of a K-State football game? 
or what would be that first core memory? Like, oh, hey, I like for me, I remember walking into the K-State Nebraska game, seeing the Manhattan Fire Department cherry picker draping a uh, dummy wearing a case or a Nebraska jersey over it. And I had bits and pieces of that game. That is like my first core memory of a K-State mm-hmm. football game. What do you what's yours? Um That's that's right. I should have given that one to you. Yeah, I could I could have given that some thought and maybe come up with something. I mean, there's a few few things from college that I kind of remember, but basically those are only first half memories because we could take in coolers. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, So so I'll I'll let me let me think on that one. Maybe I can get back to the boneheads on that one. We might have to come back to that one. Um, I'm going to rephrase this a little bit from the good chef. I'm only asking it because he's your favorite from the live shows. Uh, if, if you were to transport the prime athletic abilities of yourself and the prime athletic abilities of myself into like a video game where they're in a cage match fight, which one of our video game characters is walking out? Well, I think um, as... As you know, maybe the boneheads don't know that, you know, I, I've had bad knees most of my adult life. But there was a period of time in my uh, early high school years that I had all my physical capabilities. So we'd be going back to a time uh, about that period of life for me. Um, I, I think at my best and at your best, I would still outquick you. Um, you would outstrength me for sure. You would be stronger. Um, but I also, uh, was a wrestler early in my athletic career as well, too. So I know more wrestling moves than you because you actually did have a season of wrestling. I don't know if everybody did knows not that. go well at all. <laughs> I got a point. Yeah. I, I remember that escape in Manhattan. Uh, but, uh, I think that would be, uh, to my advantage in a cage match, uh, just my knowledge of wrestling, um, I would have a hard time, even in a video game, smacking you. Uh, but I might be able to get you in a submission hold, uh, either with your leg. Well, probably I'd try to go with one of those ankles. Yeah, because <laughs> even in my prime athletics, my ankles were bad. And, and, and honestly, and Al, it's kind of almost a little bit similar to any time Alan and I would have this conversation. That The key would be to never let me kind of get a hold of you yeah. because I, I'm probably bigger, yeah. a little bit stronger. I think if you got me, you know, uh, up against the 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 cage, you know, on or in top like a of ground me, and pound situation, right? You might, I mean, you might have stunned me for a little <laughs> bit, you know, and then that you might have been able to have your way. But but point. again, I don't have a lot of physical altercations. I think there's only there, there's been less than like five true physical altercations I've ever been in. Was mm-hmm. not a wrestler. Ultimately, I think you're probably in your peak versus my peak. I think you're winning that one. So. Um, we'll move on. We got a couple more that we'll get to before we go back to that final one. Uh, f- friend of the pod, uh, Jimmy asked, besides Osborne County, what are your favorite places on earth? Oh, well, first and foremost that comes to mind is going to be Manhattan. Uh, you know, very fond memories, um, going to school there, uh, and then, uh, living there briefly, but then all the times that I've been able to take family back, you know, you when you were small and then then enjoying K-State football games with you now, you know, in in the current day. Those are those are just really really great great times. Um you know, uh 
I, I love Topeka. Um, you know, this is where uh, I got married and we raised our family here and we've made it home for over 30 years. So uh, I do love Topeka. And then kind of, you know, a uh, little bit off the grid, um, I've always been very fond of San Diego. Um, had some really good uh, memories in San Diego, good sporting events that we've attended. Got to get the Holiday Bowl back with the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was outstanding, and that was your celebrating your birthday as well. Yeah, yeah, back in two thousand two. Um, all right, uh, we got. Let's see, we got three more. Then we'll double back to the final one. Uh, Nathan asks thoughts on your son being a world famous podcaster. I am so very proud, and it, it, it it's really cool when we uh, especially go to K State sporting events be at the football game or somewhere on campus or something like that. And uh, somebody will come up and, you know, and I'll say, Oh, who was that? And I say, he's a, he's a faithful bonehead. Um, um, somebody who is on our association's uh, audit team, I'll not name names, uh, but um, he was giving me the uh, annual uh, quiz about, you know, controls and in, in the office and things like that. And then he, before we got started, he says, well, you know, I'm a bonehead. And I was like, really? <laughs> and, uh, but I, I, I think it's really, really cool. I mean, uh, I, I joke, I say that, you know, well, in this world, you're the minor celebrity, you know, in a very small corner. I think I am. We're going to <laughs> Ryan. Uh, what is a trait that of yours that I picked up? Okay, that is. I know a, exactly what I think it is, I, but I'm interested what you think it is. I think I think that's a that's a really good question. Well, I think I think your love of sports, and uh, I think that's I think that is is there. I think uh, as far as being a sensitive individual uh, to yourself and to others, I think you're a very sensitive person, like I am. Um, I think um, I think. You know, respect and love of family. Uh, you certainly have that. I don't know. What What do you think? The first thing I came to, and again, it's, it's a lot less touching. I, I think that you're very good speaking in public. Oh. And, you know, being able to get in front of people and talk mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, converse with just about anyone. It, it, as long as I'm in the mood to, because, again, sometimes I just want to be mm-hmm. left alone. But, you know, I can, you know, if you put a microphone in front of me, I can talk you know i've been two best man speeches one was a little bit more drunk than the other uh you know performed a wedding uh gave mm-hmm. a eulogy you know you know yeah. i've I, I feel like i can you know just talk in front of a group of people for whatever reason i yeah. i think i have the gift of gab yeah. and i think that is a trait that you've always had i no, no, you know what i think i think that is actually more natural to you than it is to me Oh, well, I mean, and, you, you could you could have fooled me because yeah. as long as I remember, I feel like that's something that you've had. I think for me in the work that I've done, I mean, I've had to do that. And it's something that you just kind of jump in and you actually do. You experience that and you become the more you do that, the more uh, comfortable you are. Huh. Well, there you go. Uh, Cameron Hale has something and this came in like a little late, but I will ask it because I think, I think, you know, everyone can use good advice. He's becoming a dad on June 29th or earlier. They're inducing on the 29th. Maybe it'll happen earlier. What advice do you have for him raising a child? Well, uh, congratulations. Number one, I would say that is a team effort. Um, and I think it's, it's really good to, uh, 
this will come a little bit later, but you know, to set forth very simple ground rules as it comes to uh, you know the the mother and the father parenting this child and what the boundaries are for that child, you know, early on, establish those early on. If you're a person of faith, take them to the church early on, even when they're a little baby, and get them used to that. Yes, I think that's a, all great stuff. Uh, put the fear of God into them early. Uh, <laughs> I, on, on, our, on our trip to Hawaii, uh, and that's not necessarily religion, I, I recounted with Alan uh, how I was scared. I thought if I ever stepped out of line, you guys were going to send me to military school. He did not quite have that fear. Uh, so as someone who didn't get into any trouble, and high, well, there's like one incident, but I was I was correct in that incident. <laughs> I will never talk about that incident on the podcast. If anyone wants to know, stop me in person. Uh, but yeah, I was I, you know I, I think may, I had a little bit of an attitude. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like I wasn't like an asshole teenager to you guys, but I never did anything wrong. I might talk back. But I didn't do anything wrong because I thought if I stepped out of line, I was getting shipped off to, I thought that, and I don't know if it exists, but I was convinced there was a military school in Junction City. And if I ever stepped out of line, you guys were going to send me there. I don't know if that school exists, but yeah. I, that's what well, I thought. Well, one, one other thing that I would, I would say, because I coached, you know, both you boys in, in uh, kid, kid sports. And that is don't don't take that quite as seriously as some. You'll see some parents take that extremely serious. And um, I mean, participate in as many different things as your kids can do. Don't overdo it when they get a little bit older. Uh, but you know, chances are your kid is not going to the NFL, the Major League Baseball, or the NBA. And if they are, they're going to need better coaching than you. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> That, that's that's again i'm not a dad but i'm just throwing my two yeah. cents in there um and the final one we're going back uh, yeah. uh to zach and uh ryan asked us as well and i think a version of this has been asked at almost every single dad pub but i love hearing these what are the best sports memories with me well i think um of course the nebraska game that you referenced earlier you know when uh you know, when we won in 98? Uh, yep, 98. Uh, that was probably one of the first early ones. We referenced the Holiday Bowl, that trip, on your birthday, uh, going to the Holiday Bowl, seeing the Cats beat Arizona State. Yep, yep. Uh, that, was, that was tremendous. But I think, uh, I think by far the, the best sports memory was really not about the sports, but it was in 2016 when we went to Pittsburgh and, and West Virginia. And uh, it was just, just you and I, and, and the trip was so much fun. You and I had such a good time. The sports, the, the games were terrible. I mean, the, the uh. losing to West Virginia in the manner that we did, you know, was just gut-wrenching. Uh, the, the Chiefs game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, we got our butts kicked so bad that wasn't quite so bad. And then we went and had some beers, you know. Uh, but that that was by far, especially as an adult, you know, uh, those that that was just a tremendous trip. And if we ever do something like that again, I sure hope we get at least one win. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hope so too. I hope so too. So. And I'll and I'll just say this that you know just it's so special to go to K State football games now. You know, even you take those for granted, I think, because we we go fairly frequently. Uh, but you know, I, I still 
I still get a chill and a lump in my throat, you know, uh, at the pomp and circumstance, you know, leading up to kickoff. I mean, I think K-State does such a good job. If only they'd get rid of Wildcat March. Sometimes we have fun making up uh, words. Yeah, and then we've kind of, or at least I've evolved to making up words versus straight up booing it. I think think when I returned to the section, uh, because again, you know, I bounced around a little bit. You know, I was in college, I had my own season tickets, and I've taken up the, you know, the family, you know, heirloom seats and parking pass. Uh, you know, it's it's too bad, you know, mom decided you guys weren't going to keep paying for that, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I, I, when I first came back, I booed it and I started getting some mean looks. So now I just kind of tweet out something about Wildcat March and we make up some words. But uh, sadly, I don't think that's going anywhere, at least from my opinion. You yeah. might like it. I mean, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, that, that is what it is. I'll ask you this, uh, because it, it came up on Twitter, because it was National Mascot Day. I think they need to bring back some version of Willie tackling or beating up someone. Um, again, it's been a long time, and I understand why it went away. Are you in favor of them trying to find some way that Willie beats the crap out of someone instead of just kind of running out there? Because I feel like that has lost so much kind of excitement. He just kind of like trots out there and does the KSU. I'm good with that. I, I Something needs to occur because it's just so, it's weak. Yeah, I mean, because you just kind of miss it. Again, it's just like, oh, there he is. And and maybe it could be, um, they could they could uh, practice it <laughs> or something because it, 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 you could tell it was starting to get pretty violent, you know, towards the end. And then I think we saw the last one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was still in school. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it was it was not good. But I, they need to do something. I don't know what it is, but they need to do something. But um, that's all I had. You know, it's, it's another great uh, dad pod. It included Chauncey taking a dump down here. Also included mom getting mad at Chauncey. So, uh, you know, Chauncey, very prominent. We'll be hearing it from mom afterwards. But I just want to say to you, happy Father's Day. I appreciate you instilling the love of K-State into me. I I take a lot of pride being, you know, the third generation uh, McFarland to graduate. You know, me, my brother, your brothers, uh, granddad was the first. Um, Hoping, you know, I need to do something and make sure that there's a fourth generation. I'm not sure we can depend on Alan. To do that. I mean, you never know. Andrew, you know. undergrad. Mm-hmm. Alan, undergrad. He's getting his graduate degree from KU, though, and he's a KU fan. So even if I have to adopt someone, like, at 16 and just be like, all right, you're going to K-State, just technically get it in there. Well, I will. then you could, you could avoid all those uh, <laughs> early costs if you adopted that late. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. But, no, it's, it's awesome. I enjoy doing this. Uh, you know, you've had – I mean, probably getting close to 10 appearances at this point because you've done some game review stuff. And uh, since Grant is, you know, retired from the game, you might be called upon. Um, it will never be for a West Virginia game ever again. Thank you. You're 0-2 for those. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I love you. Happy Father's Day. And, uh, yeah, that's five down. We'll see if we get to six and see what happens next year. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Boneheads will be live Wednesday, 7 p.m. on ColorCast here in God's time. But again, Bonehead Nation is coast to coast, so that will be 8 o'clock in the east. Yes, 6 o'clock in the mountains, 5 o'clock out in the west coast. I have no time, no idea what that would be in Hawaii, but hey, if you're in Hawaii, don't worry about the live show. 
Uh, stay tuned to the Twitter account. If anything too crazy happens, breaking news, we will do a very quick breaking news podcast. We love you unconditionally, and I promise you, it's metaphorical because someone literally sent me a picture from the cat head. Grant wasn't there, so now I have to preface this. It's in your hearts, but Grant is always going to be at the cat head waiting for you. You just got to go find him. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater, from sea to sea, onward Podcast Network.